Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 67 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. Thank you for giving me some of your time today. Before we get going, I want to say a couple of quick things. First of all, I know the sound hasn't been great lately, and I apologize for that. We recently bought a house and have been working on all the things that that entails, so I still haven't had time to really learn how to properly dial in all of my new equipment. If you can bear with me a little while longer, soon I'll be in a much better recording space and will hopefully be able to get the sound really locked in. Along with this is the fact that we'll be closing on the house in a couple of weeks, so the next few episodes will probably be a bit shorter than normal. I know that my episodes aren't that long anyway, but it still takes hours of research, writing, recording, and editing to produce each week's show. I'm not complaining, don't get me wrong, just explaining. So in an effort to hopefully not have to take a break and miss some weeks, I'm shooting for a few shorter episodes to try to keep things going. I'm hoping something is better than nothing, and that you still enjoy the show. So again, please bear with me, and soon the show will hopefully be better than ever. With all of that ado out of the way, I need to share today's theme. It's coffee. The day this episode drops, October 1st, is International Coffee Day, and since it's my favorite drink, I wanted to celebrate with some morning-inspired and caffeinated phrases. So grab a cup of your favorite java, or whatever you like to drink, and let's brew up today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up for today, let's wake up and smell the coffee. This one means to be aware of what is going on around you. For a phrase used to describe being aware, no one seems to really be aware of where it came from. Our friend the Oxford English Dictionary lists it as a slang that originated in the United States, so the good old US of A can claim this one. While I can't definitively prove where it came from, I can tell you who made it more popular. Ask Ann Landers was a popular advice column that began in 1943. Ann Landers was a pen name that more than one person used to offer advice to people, and Ask Ann was featured in many newspapers across North America. So when she put something in her column, a lot of folks saw it. In a column from January 18th of 1943, she wrote, quote, a few years back, when a wife told her husband to wake up and smell the coffee, it usually was said in utter derision. Now, when there is coffee to smell, she shouts it to him in supreme delight. End quote. Later, on December 21st of 1955, it was featured again as, quote, Wake up and smell the coffee. Do you want a wife who smokes, drinks, likes taverns, and slaps you around? End quote. Then, in 1996, a book of advice was published under this pen name of Ann Landers, and it was titled, Wake Up and Smell the Coffee. The widespread readership of this column, combined with the book, helped to cement this phrase well into the vernacular. With that, let's get out of bed. 
Toppers, have you ever gotten up on the wrong side of the bed? I certainly have, although coffee typically helps to make things right. This one, as you may already know, means you woke up grumpy, ill-tempered, and otherwise unsociable. It can also be used to say you're having an unlucky day. This one goes back to something we've discussed before, primarily in the left-themed episode. In old-timey times, especially ancient Rome, left was seen as evil and unlucky. Ergo, to get up on the left side of the bed was a bad idea. As for how this belief became an idiom, well, there's not much to go on. It was being used idiomatically by at least 1870, because in that year, English author E. Cobham Brewer published Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. In it, he stated that this phrase came from the old-timey times Roman superstition, although I doubt he used the expression old-timey times. Anyway, let's get off that rabbit trail and back to the bed. So we know where the idea came from, but is it merely superstition, or is there actually a wrong side of the bed? According to some sleep scientists and some feng shui experts, yes. But it's not the side you think. The scientists say that, looking at it from a psychology perspective, the side of bed you get up on can affect the type of day you have. Since the left side of the brain controls logic and rational thought, getting up to your left means you'll start the day being focused on logical thoughts. Since the right side of the brain controls emotion and imagination, getting up to the right side means you'll be more emotional that day and think less logically. So based solely on that, they say the right side of the bed is actually the wrong one, and that getting up from the left side means you'll face the day better. Feng Shui experts agree, but they base their belief off of, well, Feng Shui. This ancient practice involves placing objects in certain positions to ensure that the environment is in harmony. That's obviously a really basic description, but practicers of Feng Shui believe that the left side of the bed is associated with family, health, money, and power, which are all nice things to have. So, I'm sorry, ancient Romans. Both ancient China and psychology disagree with you. Now, let's explore a couple of terms that mean really, really early. Okay, toppers, I don't know about y'all, but I love sunrises. However, I don't see them much because they happen so dang early in the morning. I'm usually asleep during those wee hours and at the crack of dawn, but I'm going to open your eyes as to why we use those terms. It's not too complicated, but here we go anyway. The wee hours is thought to have come from the Scottish expression, wee small hours. This term directly refers to the hours of one, two, and three, otherwise known as small numbers. We also means small all by itself, so it's kind of redundant to call the small hours we, but hey, I'm not here to judge the etymology, just to explore it. Anyway, the Oxford English Dictionary dates this back to the early 18th century. It's really just a description of these early hours, nothing more, so let's go ahead and look at the crack of dawn. This one is also basically just a description of what's going on. When the sunlight first breaks through the dark on the horizon, it appears almost wedge-like, or like a crack. When this expression first started being used in the late 19th century, it was typically said as the crack of day, 
That's really all there is to it. The sun just makes it look like the sky is cracking open. Even though I'm obviously a super mature adult, I can't refrain from mentioning the more modern version of this saying, the butt crack of dawn. I'm just here to share the information, no matter what it is. Basically, butt cracks aren't liked by most people. Neither is getting up early. So, I can't tell you who or when, but someone put those two things together and gave us the expression, the butt crack of dawn. That's all I have for this one, which probably makes you happy. So, let's move on. Alright, toppers. As you may have noticed, I struggled a bit with regards to finding information for this week's theme. I guess I should have drank more coffee and burned the midnight oil, but that's for another week. Instead of including more phrases with minimal information, I thought I'd wrap up the main section of this week's show by sharing with you 10 coffee superstitions from around the world. If a female spills coffee while drinking it, that means her lover's thinking of her. Dropping a cup of coffee will bring bad luck. Okay, that's sort of self-fulfilling, isn't it? I mean, it's not really good luck to drop a cup of the precious brew. Sorry for the interruption, let's continue. However, in Romania, spilling coffee is believed to be a sign of money coming from an unexpected source. If that's the case, I'm going to be rich soon because I spill my coffee every day. <laughs> Sorry, again continuing. If the coffee pot boils more than usual, it means that rain is coming. A Greek superstition says that if the bubbles on top of your coffee drift away from you, hard times may follow. If the bubbles drift towards you, it's a sign of wealth in the near future. Similar to that last one, some people think if you see bubbles in your coffee, you should drink it immediately so the bubbles don't disappear. If you manage to do this, you'll receive money from an unexpected source. A Finnish superstition says that if coffee is served too hot, then the person who served it to you is angry. Bread and coffee left under a house is supposed to keep away ghosts and malevolent entities. Some people say that a cup of coffee can predict the weather. If bubbles form in the middle of the cup, expect nice sunny weather. If bubbles form around the outside of the cup, expect rain or snow. There's actually some truth to this one. The atmospheric pressure can affect the bubbles, which in a way is technically predicting the weather. Lastly, toppers, did you know that you can read coffee residue just like tea leaves? For best results, it needs to be Turkish coffee, which leaves a nice thick residue. The shape left by the residue can be used to tell your fortune. For even better results, you can't add sugar, milk, or anything else to the coffee. You need to drink it hot and hold it in your right hand. When it's empty, turn it over with your left hand and allow it to drain for at least 10 minutes. Being impatient is bad for coffee fortunes, apparently. After all of that, you can look into your cup and read your future. You'd probably need to study what all the shapes and symbols can mean to have an adequate reading, but hey, I guess you can read over those while you wait at least 10 minutes. Okay, that's all the superstitions I have for today, so let's hear today's familiar quotation. Toppers, today's familiar quotation is from Earl Wilson. Here's what he said about coffee. Quote, Science may never come up with a better office communication system than the coffee break. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Wilson, for giving us today's 
familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, love advice from old-timey times. Just a quick disclaimer, remember that this advice is over 100 years old. While some of the advice is still good today, I don't necessarily agree with every tip I read from these books. It's for entertainment purposes only. With that out of the way, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't expect your husband to be an angel. You would get very tired of him if he were. And now for the men. Don't sharpen pencils all over the house as you walk about. Try a hearth or a waste paper basket or a newspaper. It does not improve either carpets or the servant's temper to find scraps of pencil sharpenings all over the floors. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 67. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, how to send me topic suggestions, how to support the podcast, and for details about the music I use in the show. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. If you want bonus stuff, check out my Patreon page. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers. I raise my mug of cold, forgotten coffee to you. Toodaloo! And now... This is... Let me rephrase. So, we know what... I don't know anything because I lost my place. (laughs) Even though I'm... Nope. Alright, toppers. No, that's so loud.